Hi guys, I'm Coach Desi and this is Post Stop to Won't Stop. I'm a physician assistant who fell in love with bariatrics while working with a surgeon here in Florida. Finding ways to help my patients in their journey has always been my priority. I'm now a personal trainer who works with clients to help them reach their goals and stay on track after their surgery. Post Stop to Won't Stop was developed to allow patients a platform to share their stories and to help educate people on the process of weight loss through surgery. Let's listen to real people share their wins and losses and learn what really happens in the journey after surgery. Hi guys, this is Coach Desi, and today I'm so excited to share with you a good friend of mine, Tom Topping. He has an awesome story of success. He is a gastric banding patient who has had great success for more than a decade. And today he's gonna share his entire journey with us. So welcome, Tom, happy to have you here today. All right, thank you, Desi. I appreciate you having me. It's exciting to be here with you. Um, you know, my story is, uh, um, it's, it's strange, uh, but I would imagine everybody's story has a little twist to it in some ways. Um, I had surgery, I want to say it was um, either 2009 or 2010. I know it was December. So it was, I think it might have been the, the end of December, either 2009 or 2010. I forget now. Um, but I actually, um, going back over the years, I, I, I always had a huge appetite, uh, always gained a lot of weight. Um, you know, I was a multi-sport athlete in high school. Um, actually ran cross country my senior year in college, uh, division one, right? And uh, so, um, you know, being athletic and all that was sort of who I was and having a big appetite just kind of went with that. When I went to college, I started to gain weight um, because I wasn't playing three sports a year like I was in high school. Uh, additionally, uh, drinking a little bit and things like that, drinking beer, just you know, calories in were, were far exceeding the calories out. Uh, I was on a steady incline of, of weight gain um, until I got to where I was close to about 300 pounds. Um, and, uh, you know, I basically I tried every diet. I've been on the Atkins diet. I've been on Weight Watchers. I've been um, uh, South Beach. I mean, you name it. I did whatever diet was out there, worked for a little while, and then uh, until that one day that I cheated on the diet and then it was basically over. I, at that time, I was, I, I had just sort of forayed into Twitter and I befriended uh, John Daly, the professional golfer. And uh, John Daly uh, started tweeting about he was going to have weight loss surgery here in Clearwater, Florida, where I live with uh, Dr. Dan um, and so I, I, you know, sent a message to him and said, hey, I'm thinking about it. You know, what do you think? And he said, it's the best thing I've ever done. You need to do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or maybe he had had it done and his daughter was doing it or something like that. And anyway, so with his encouragement, I went to a uh, seminar and I was kind of scared uh, because I knew it was a huge step, but I felt like I was really, I almost felt like an addict in that I needed help beyond just, you know, willpower and things like that. Like, like willpower, willpower didn't work for me when it came to food. Um, quite honestly, it still doesn't. You know, I'm still, um, I think, very much addicted in that way to food and things like that. But uh, I was worried about, because I drank Diet Cokes like crazy, and I would drink huge 
32 ounce glasses of Diet Coke or whatever with every meal um, and, you know, never really getting full. So I was really worried about um, uh, not drinking while I ate, um, which was, you know, this is the thing you can't do when you when you have a band. The other thing was I was I'm very competitive and I'm kind of competitive when it came to food. And so like if there's extra pizza in the kitchen, you know, in the fridge or whatever, it was like, I got to have that, you know, before anybody else does. And, you know, again, just sort of the psyche. And so it was funny, I brought up these two things at this seminar and uh, she basically said, well, you won't have to worry about those two things because you won't be able to do it. <laughs> and, so, and so I was like, uh, okay, are you sure? She's like, yeah. You know, and she just kind of was like, man, it's no big deal. Like if, if that's what you're worried about, you really don't have anything to worry about. And so had the surgery and uh, sure enough, um, you know, I have not been able to uh, drink and eat at the same time. I'm actually pretty good about drinking, you know, before meals and then well after meals and not, you know, I felt the pressure initially to, to at least, you know, order a drink at a restaurant. Now I'm like, I don't want anything. You don't want water? No, I'm good. You know, really? You don't want anything to drink with your meal? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you. You know what I mean? So, uh, so, yeah. So, you know, all of that and then having food, you know, leftovers in the fridge, the vast majority of the time get thrown out. Uh, so, you know, there's just none of that. The things that I was really, really concerned about definitely um, didn't end up being a concern after my surgery. So that's kind of the story of how I got there. I mean, I was never really in bad health. But I was definitely headed the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Now let's talk about you. So you had banding surgery. You said you were 300 pounds when you had that surgery. And I know you've been a huge success. Where, how much weight did you lose with that surgery? So with the surgery, so my goal was to get back to around like, I, I felt pretty comfortable around 220-ish in that range. May even have gotten down to about 205 initially just on the surgery alone. Um, but then I started to creep back up a little bit once I got comfortable and things. And so, um, you know, so then I sort of walked around for a while somewhere between, I'd say, 215 and 225. Um, and then, as you know, I, I, about five years ago, I discovered hot yoga and, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, and I just got into it for flexibility, but yoga, that hot yoga, um, really has a fitness component that I was completely unaware of when I, when I started it. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm around 180, uh, 175. I have abs for the first time in my life and I'm like, you know, almost 50 years old and I'm like, holy cow, you know, this was, uh, this was a huge change for me. Essentially, you know, with exercise and everything, I probably lost close to 110, 115 pounds total. Yeah. And I like that you, you address it and separate it out, that this is what I lost with the surgery. And then this is what I lost beyond that, because that, you know, as a personal trainer, helping folks postoperatively, there is a relationship there that, you know, doing exercise in conjunction with surgery gets you the better outcome. And you're, you're a perfect example of that. So um, what exactly is hot yoga? Let's chat about that for a second. They're done in a studio in a hot room, in a room that's warmed 
um, you know, it could be anywhere between 85 and 105, 106 degrees. And so um, I like the, the hotter rooms, the better. Honestly, hot yoga just spoke to me ever since I heard the words because I, I know how, you know, not flexible I am. I know how difficult it is to, to touch my toes and things like that. But what you learn about yoga is yoga is way more about breathing than it ever is about stretching yet. And the yoga community is so warm and welcoming that, you know, they basically, they joke that everybody is a yoga body. So, um, you know, and it's not about touching your toes. It's about the journey on the way down and things like that. And, and, and I had no, no idea about any of that stuff before I, I, I really started doing it. Um, I like flow yoga where they play music um, and sweating like crazy and getting crushed physically um, while you're just standing on one foot. You know, who would have ever thought how hard that really is and uh, how much, you know, you could increase your heart rate and burn calories and all of that stuff. So, uh, so yeah, yoga is kind of everything. And I mean, I ran, uh, I, I biked, I've gone to the gym, I've swam i love the beach i love the pool all that stuff but in terms of like fitness like you've got to find your niche like if you're going to do weight loss surgery if you're going to if you're going to have some type of a weight loss surgery and not exercise i think you'll lose weight but i don't know that you know you're gonna it's gonna be successful over time i think there has to be some sort of fitness component uh uh to you know kind of take it beyond the band you know, when, you know, I, I don't want to jump ahead, but I think when, when, uh, you know, when someone described, uh, uh, you know, a gastric band to me, they said it's a tool. It's not, you know, it's not the, uh, it's not like the be all and end all. Time in the back of my mind, I was thinking this better be more than just a tool, you know. But, uh, uh, but it's, but, but I see it now, you know, in that way. Like even, even not exercising as much during um, the pandemic. I've gained weight. And the reason for that is I'm not exercising nearly as much. So, I mean, they definitely go hand in hand. I, there's no question about it. I mean, if you want to, and the beauty of it is, I think like when I tried to exercise when I was 300 pounds, it was so hard, you know, it was so hard to kind of get jump started and get going because I was so heavy and my body just, you know, fought all of that. That once I had the surgery, uh, and I started to shed 20, you know, I sh would shed a kindergartner. You know, once I got that kindergartner who was, you know, on my back the whole time, once I got rid of that, I was then able to, you know, really get into an activity that I think I could be more successful with as a result. That's part of everybody's journey. And I'm finding, you know, I interviewed another um, patient, Lisa, and she's a spinner. She got into spin. She's like, she's like I'm I mean, she has her own studio, right? I mean, wow, wow. where this can go, there's others like you, hot yoga. There's others who run. There's others who just find something that just lights that fire. To, I yeah. mean, it's dancing. You turn the radio on, I will dance as long as that radio is on. I don't care what music it is. That's how I, you know, that's that's me, right? So we, like you said, we all have to find that thing that's going to, to sustain us long-term. Let me ask you, um, what advice would you give someone right now who's considering weight loss surgery? I would encourage anybody who's thinking about it um, to, um, to really like have a deep introspection, you know, with themselves and, and think, 
you know, am I, am I really kind of at the end here? I need like professional help. You know what I mean? Like, like, okay, I've bought, I mean, I bought countless books on diets. I got copies of the South Beach diet. I've got all that stuff. You know, now everything's on an app. If you've downloaded apps and you've spent all the money and you've done all this stuff and you're still just kind of going the wrong direction, you know, uh, in terms of your weight, um, absolutely, I think that it's time to take a look at, you know, um, those types of options, like surgical options. Uh, but, but I would say you have to do it when you're ready. Then you, then you consult a professional, get a consult, and then, you know, make that decision that's best for you. You know, yeah. weird because I, I talked to some people that I know could benefit so bad. And I, I tell them, look, I was you. I was there. I get it. You know, but a lot of times people are afraid of what they might have to give up and, and, and all of that. I mean, I haven't given up anything. You know, it's weird. But if anything, my sweet tooth is stronger now than, than it ever was <laughs> before, you know, and, I'm, and, and when I'm working out and you know, with this, I'm not afraid to have a dessert. I'm not afraid of any of that stuff. That's awesome. That was, that was actually one of my questions is, you know, um, was there anything unexpected with your, that, that happened after you've had weight loss surgery that maybe you didn't expect? So the, the two things that jump out to me, like what, like what, what's happened. It's like a little strange, like Number one, I, for some reason, my sweet tooth did go up. I don't know if that's psychological or whatever, uh, because, you know, as, as we both know, people who have bands can do sweets way more than they can do, you know, other things that are more fibrous or whatever, right? So I don't know if that's sort of me still fighting against me, uh, but my sweet tooth definitely went up. And then, but the craziest thing is, um, you may have heard me cough a little bit earlier <laughs> because I had a little bit of a tickle in my throat. The one thing that has happened that is super strange, especially now during COVID, is that if I get a little tickle in my throat or something like that, I will sneeze. I did not do that before my surgery. And now people look at me like if I if I had like a, some peanuts or almonds or whatever, invariably a little piece of almond will tickle the back of my throat and I will start sneezing. And now I get the COVID stares and everything, you know. But the other piece is like... Uh, um, you know, I don't know that anything um, is really all that much different. Now, my diet has changed tremendously, not necessarily because of the band, but more because of yoga. I'm like probably 95% plant-based now, um, which that doesn't, it's not really, uh, it's, not, it's really not really due to the band at all. Um, you know, I probably spent the first five years or so being a, you know, a meat eater and stuff like that anyway. So I've really seen no difference whatsoever in terms of that. Uh, but my body does just fine on a plant-based diet as it did on, um, you know, a regular meat, you know, high protein, whatever diet. I knew that, but I don't know why I didn't think to specifically ask about that because I know after a lot of weight loss surgeries, it doesn't matter. Sleep, gastrectomy, duodenal switch, bypass, band, doesn't matter what it is. They're, the big thing they, they being a lot of aftercare programs push is high protein, right? Get your, get your meat in, you gotta eat that first before you even go on to your other stuff. And, and I am a whole food plant-based person as well. And so I often wondered how people do if, with that transition, because there are some 
fibrous things. Like some people tell me they, they couldn't eat lettuce anymore. Like lettuce is done. And so you're saying that you, you, for you personally, you've not had any issues with, with any of the vegetables or anything that comes with that kind of diet. No, I have as much difficulty like with pasta now as I, as I ever did. You know what I mean? And I just think it's about like, uh, I go back to that whole, um, you know, when you, when you chew, you have to, you know, you have to lose years and years and years of, of habits and not just like eating habits of, uh, you know, uh, what kind of food you eat, but also chewing habits and, you know, and chewing things to um, the texture of applesauce in your mouth before you swallow and things like that. Otherwise, you know, you're going to have an issue, right? And um, so sometimes lettuce and pasta and um, quinoa, you know, some things like that may be a little bit more difficult to break down uh, before swallowing. Um, you know, but I would, if I remember correctly, like meat is kind of the same exact way, but, you know, but it was a little easier because of that texture, you know, or, you know, if I mixed a cracker with it, or like if I do pizza and it's a thin crust, way more easy to eat and more enjoyable than a pizza with a real thick crust, you know, that I actually have to, like, it's like you go to work, you know, in your mouth <laughs> trying to get that down. It feels like a job eating a slice of pizza that has a, you know, a, a three quarter inch thickness or a half inch thickness or something like that. So, um, yeah, no, it really, there, there hasn't been much that's, I can't really point to a demonstrable difference between plant-based and, and meat-based and, you know, the whole protein thing and all that. I mean, you know, everything now is just kind of blended together. Well, now I, I'd like to switch gears because I want to talk about some interesting data that I saw on the CDC website. So if you, if you look it up and you split up those people who have weight loss surgery by gender, it's really interesting that 76% of people having bariatric surgery are females which means that you, my friend, are in the minority. 24% of males undergo weight loss surgery. Um, why do you think that is? I think, sadly, I think there's probably a couple of reasons. The first reason is, you know, I, I think it's just okay for guys to let themselves go. You know, I think socially we're, we're more okay um, with hiring a heavy uh, executive uh, who's male than we are, you know, viewing a female with the same lens. I think there's a ton more pressure on women to look a certain part. And so I see, I think women are um, definitely, uh, they, they go through more, and I don't want this to come out wrong, but I just think that like for men, it's just, it's easier to be heavy and a little sloppy and all of that. And nobody is, is, you know, is all that. I think people are still critical, but I don't think they're as critical of men in that regard. So I don't know that the men feel the pressure maybe that women do speaking for, for men only. I also think that men for, uh, uh, in, in a lot of ways, um, and, and I even think that, you know, one of the things I felt like was, am I admitting defeat? Am I somehow or another throwing in the towel? Am I, um, is this going to be a sign of weakness uh, if I go out and I tell people I had weight loss surgery? Is this going to be viewed, you know, quite frankly, as a, as a sign of weakness? And, um, and I, I don't, no one's ever told me that to my face. But, um, I, you know, I, I do have people 
uh, that are very, very surprised when I tell them um, that I'm uh, that that I that I had weight loss surgery. Um, I've talked to men about you know my success with weight loss surgery, and I think there's a I don't know if it's a macho thing or whatever that you know I can I can overcome this at any time. I can do it on my own. Um, you know, so I don't know if it's like the male psyche is sort of set up to, on the one hand, feel like I have total control over this. And on the other hand, feel like, well, you know, I'm given, uh, you know, society is giving me a pass anyways. Uh, but the bottom line is, is I think vast majority of, of people, males in particular, really put their general health on the, on the back, on the back burner. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you. I think those are all valid reasons, um, I would assume. I mean, again, it's interesting because you're coming from the male perspective, female perspective. You know, I don't know what it's like to be in those shoes, but, you know, just as a practitioner from a physician assistant standpoint, men in general, like you said, they're just not great with with coming to the doctor, being um, consistent with that and putting their health as a priority. I think you nailed it with, you know, society gives men a pass where us females were held to a different standard physically um, on appearance. And, um, you know, they glorify the dad bod and they, there's jokes and everything's like, oh yeah, dad bod. But like, there's no like mom bod jokes, right? Because it's like moms are expected. And, you know, there's all these pressures. We have a baby and we're expected to drop that weight yesterday. Like as soon as that baby out, we're supposed to come out of the hospital with these glamour shots, you know, and yeah. it's, it's not, it's not, the standards aren't equal there. Um, and I did want to add on that, even though that statistic that 76% of bariatric surgery patients are females, the, the obesity rates are equal. Um, so there's just as many females affected by obesity as males. Um, so with that being the same, it is really shocking to see such a high percentage of females. If there's anyone listening in that is part of a, um, a bariatric center, it is something to consider, you know, what do we do? I mean, because we, we just focus on the surgery and, and the aftercare, but is there something more that can be done to, um, to help specifically men in their journey? Because it's, it's probably different than a female's post-operative. Just the struggle, the difference is, um, did you ever go to any of the support groups? Was there any any issues there? Yeah, you know, I never went to a support group or anything like that. Um, let me let me ask some fun stuff here. What's what's your favorite quote? With change comes opportunity, right? Mm. So you know, taking any change that might come into life and turning that, you know, people fear change. People are afraid of change. Um, I view change as an opportunity to do something, you know, going forward. You know, I'm a, I, I consider myself a lifelong learner anyways. And so, you know, I look at all the changes that I've done and my life has really been like one big change over time, you know, and, um, like if you look back and, you know, professionally, I've, I've, I've really kind of had an outside the box experience and how I've done things and, you know, just just everything. I just view change as as opportunity, and and uh, you know, and and the other one that I live by is that this life is not a dress rehearsal, right? This is all we get. This is the real deal. The curtains open. Uh, you know, you have to take advantage of every opportunity while you can. You know, because you're not. It's we don't have an unlimited time here. We never know when our number is going to be called. So uh, 
you know, with change comes opportunity. And this is not a dress rehearsal or two that I definitely live by. Oh, I love it. Those are great. Perfect. All right. Let me ask you this one. You're in hot yoga. Yeah. It's Tom's choice. Tom gets to pick the music. What are we listening to? Oh, we're going to old school rock and roll. Absolutely. Yeah. There's one, one of my teachers is awesome and she plays, uh, you know, I'll never forget. Like she would play um, Stranglehold by Ted Nugent, which is like this seven and a half minute song, guitars, and she plays Rush and Pink Floyd and, and, you know, Aerosmith and all this, like totally not what you think of when you go to a yoga class where they're playing, you know, this melodic tunes and sounds and chants and all that. No, totally. I love those classes that will play upbeat music and uh, rock and roll and stuff like that. And Last question. Would you do it all over again? No doubt. Yeah, it's been the best decision that I've ever made. I think in terms of my health, like um, outside of walking into a yoga studio for the first time, I mean, that really does. Uh, yoga really can affect your physical, your, your physical well-being, your mental well-being, you know, all social, all of those things makes you much calmer, makes you, you know, all those things. My weight loss surgery did had had a very similar effect. Not only am I better physically as a result, like I'm healthier, but I'm also I also feel good. I feel better. I I I, I enjoy shopping for clothes. You know, people never really people would say to me, "You were never that heavy." And I go back and look at pictures of me when I was I was at my heaviest, and people thought I was still in pretty good shape. They didn't realize I was wearing two X and three X and size 40 uh, pants and shorts and things like that. And, and uh, um, you know, I was able to get by by dressing stylishly and, and have stuff that just kind of, uh, you know, draped over me and all that. But at the end of the day, you know, I was, I was, I was on a bad, bad course. And uh, this really helped me kind of become who I really believe that I am. You know, I was an athlete and I was always in shape and, you know, I look good as a kid. I would go to the beach and stuff like that. And so I've really been able to kind of recapture that person. And so for me, that's really been that that part is I'm, I'm, I'm no doubt in my mind that weight loss surgery has put me on a path to where, like I said, 50, 51 years old, 52 years old, and I have abs for the first time in my entire life. And I'm like, that doesn't happen. There's no way that happens without taking that first step and going uh, to a seminar on getting weight loss surgery. No question. Wow. Well, Tom, it has been a pleasure to sit and chat with you. It's always a pleasure. As a matter of fact, you are one of the most honest people. And that's why I was so excited about this interview, because you've just been so open and honest with your whole journey. And I know that's going to resonate with a lot of people. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Desi. I appreciate you having me join you and, and good luck to everybody out there. Thank you all for listening. I hope you loved this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review because I want to hear from you guys. Let me know what you thought of this episode and any ideas you'd like to hear more about. Keep in touch through social via Facebook or Instagram at Coach Desi and subscribe to my newsletter at CoachDesi.com. Remember, your journey is still being written.